Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of Dead Pilot Society. Is anyone else trying to do creative work during this time of surging COVID and surging sedition and insurrection? Is any or just any work at all? Is anyone getting anything done? I just serious respect if you are. That's all I got to say. 2021 is starting off pretty weird. So we're going to start off a little weird, too. We're not doing a dead pilot this time. I know I just said the whole thing about that's what this show is, but we're not doing that this time. We're going to bring you something completely different, but that somehow still makes sense in the context of Dead Pilot Society. Our writer is Jenny Jaffe. She's an Emmy-nominated writer who has worked a lot in features and a lot in animation, including Cartoon Network's Teen Titans Go, IFC's Neurotica, and Disney's Big Hero 6, the series. I'm going to play my interview with her before the read because she can explain best what you're about to hear. So here's my interview with Jenny Jaffe. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we host After Game Show, a podcast where listeners submit games and we play them regardless of quality with a dozen listeners from around the world. We've had folks call in from as far as Sweden, South Africa, and the Philippines. Here's an example. Uh, This is a game we've played called Cotton Candy Chicken Nuggets, where you have to sing any eight-syllable phrase to the tune of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You have an example, Manolo? Yeah, here's one. Little baby turkey turnips. Oh, nice. Thanks. Dr. Game Show has new episodes every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun. Check us out. Please. I'm here with Jenny Jaffe. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Andrew. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I guess I should say I've seen on Twitter that you got engaged recently. (laughs) Yeah, I did. About a week ago today. So let me start by saying congratulations. Thank you. So I guess you're not supposed yep. to. You're only supposed to congratulate the, uh, you know, the guy in the. You uh, are. Yeah, that's the old style etiquette because it's like he's to be congratulated, you know, not you, like the woman. What? What's? What am I? What? What do I get? <laughs> what, what do I get? Besides I don't know. This gorgeous ring and a man I love to marry. <laughs> Sorry, that's it. Give me other things. <laughs> Um, well, we were supposed to do this on Wednesday and then, um, you know, there was a, there was a coup. So we, yeah. um, but glad to be talking to you and so glad they're talking to you. Um, so we're going to do this. We're going to play this before the reads. So why don't you tell people what they're about to hear? Um, so back in, 
I want to say June maybe, or no, it would have been like May probably. I um, was feeling a little burned out by uh, the quarantine, which feels so quaint now, just (laughs) as we hit, as we hit um, January of 2021. Um, But I was uh, feeling a little creatively stuck. I just didn't, I wasn't feeling that motivated to write much. And um, I wrote, I, I, one of my big hobbies or one of the things I think is the most fun is coming up with shows that don't exist and sort of writing a piece of them. I've done different iterations of that um, many different times. And so I, uh, had I did one of those as kind of a joke and realized, oh, this is the most I've written and it feels really good. And um, if it's you just are writing the cold open of a show, then it doesn't, there's no pressure. You're writing two pages and it's not a show you really need to um, continue. So uh, it felt like a doable like amount of work I could bite off. So I just put on a Twitter like... Um, uh, if you give me the name of a show that doesn't exist, I'll rate the cold open. And I got a lot of responses and I wrote 60 something of those in a week. In a week. And yeah. So I did the whole, I did it for about a week and I was just like kind of churning them out. And it was a really good little brain exercise for me to, um, to just sort of unwind and just sort of focus on something fun for a while. And it was nice to do something that made other people happy. And um, some of the shows that ended up coming out of it, I thought were really uh, pretty solid. And I, I loved the ideas everybody was giving me. So um, that's so, yeah. So then we selected a couple uh, to be read by this wonderful group of actors that you've assembled and uh and did a little reading and it was really fun to hear them out loud so these were you just chose your favorites among the the 60 something yeah i actually i don't know if i did or if you guys selected some of them but um i threw out a couple that i thought i thought were especially uh promising starts to shows but yeah so it's it's just a collection of the cold opens to shows that don't exist (laughs) This and that's like truly. If I could just sit around writing the summaries and cold opens of shows that don't exist forever, I would be so. I guess this is this is why I like creating shows. But when you do that, you have to think through a lot more. This is like I'm just gonna throw it out, no pressure. Yeah, when you're developing shows for real, do you find right. that, that the cold open is often one of the easier parts or one of the harder parts? Well, part of the thing is when you're developing a show for real, you're not getting to the scripting phase until you've been at least the way it is frequently or the way it is, has been for me lately is that you're not writing anything really until you're so deep in the process of development that you've been, it's been worked and reworked and reworked. And it's, it's really fun to find outlets when you make your living as a creative, which I feel so, so lucky to do, you are, it's really rare that you're just straight up like, and then I have this idea it's going on the page. Like it is, I have this idea. I'm going to get it on paper and I'm going to get like a one liner about it on paper. I'm going to send it off to a bunch of different people and they're going to give me feedback. And it's, um, 
it's you're just very rarely just writing things as they come into your head. You're very rarely scripting without a lot of steps in between. Right. So did this feel like an improv exercise? I mean, were you really sort of getting a title and immediately just kind of getting the first thing that came to you? It was really first thought. It was like, I didn't have a idea about it before I went into it. I was like, okay, this is what it's called. How does it open? Who's in it? Like it was, and it was really like, a couple, I was like giving myself like a couple of minutes per, per cold open. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm going to try and get through as many as possible. And how much did it, um, open you up in terms of your writing? Did it free you up in, in terms of really working on your own stuff after going through this exercise of writing all these cold opens? It definitely gave me a little boost that I needed, I think, just to feel like I had written something recently that was complete. Because I do think one of the things that happens is I work a lot in animation, a lot in features. That I think it can be it can be nice to feel like I completed something. It's it's, <laughs> it's just so that was that was really nice. And I th- I do think it was I was. You know, I've been in and out of a lot of different depressed modes uh, for um, this past year and a half. And um, this was definitely something that during a difficult time gave me a reason to sort of like wake up because I was excited to wake up and get writing on some more cold opens. Um, And were these coming from, you know, people that you knew or just sort of strangers a few came from you know friends or people that i knew through twitter a lot came through strangers um one came from my grandma i especially solicited one from my grandma and she told me she also specifically told me that she wanted the main character's name to be condor so uh that one's in there i think we recorded that one but um my uh yeah but largely it's just sort of it was just a collaborative internet thing and i think that's been like that's one of my favorite things i love throwing stuff out to the internet and just sort of seeing what they come back with i was obsessed with that tiktok ratatouille musical because i just think it's so i love when people just create for the love of creating and i think that gets lost so quickly when you actually work in a creative industry yeah I agree. It's, it's a lot of the impetus for this whole podcast is this is just for doing, we do this sort of for the love of it. Um, so just so everyone understands, you'll hear when I introduce each one, uh, created by, and that created by credit is whoever gave you Jenny the title. Yeah. They're the creators, their show. They asked for it. (laughs) Uh, do you have favorites of the ones we did? Um, I am, Forgetting all of the ones that we did, but there's one that is a, a home shopping network show that takes place in hell that I think I, I just, I that's the kind of, that's the kind of show I would gra- gravitate towards in life. Um, <laughs> there's one that I think has some actual legs maybe called yesterday's lunch. If that's in there where it's a, uh, a woman who works at a cafeteria who finds that she can travel one day into the future. Um, 
trying to think if there's any others that are that are immediately jumping out. But there were some as we were reading them, like I had forgotten completely. Like, uh, like there's like a kids show, weird kids show in there. There's a show that I don't know what it is, just about like a. Oh, it starts the woman getting arrested and singing um, my favorite Glenn Campbell song. Um, there's a lot of things in there that I, I I really didn't remember that I had written at all. Like sometimes my writing process is that I go into a fugue state and I wake up and I wrote something and (laughs) there was a lot of procrastination around that, but um, I I don't know what my process is, honestly. And for these, it was really just like, I guess I just blacked out and wrote some, (laughs) wrote wrote some cold opens. I don't remember. Yes. Um, I guess I'm wondering, because it does feel like, so you sort of be able to tap into an almost subconscious doing it this way, right? Taking a lot of the pressure off and it's just two pages. And it, have you been able to just take any of that into, into writing things where there's more on the line, the things that you've been writing since? Um, it's... I I would like to bring more of that into it. Certainly, I think it it just is different because you're writing or developing with an eye towards uh, sort of the other parameters you need to write within. And this was such an instance of there are no parameters. Um, but I do think that whenever I write, it's sort of like it, because I've been writing a long time, and because these are like muscles I've just spend a long time flexing it's like muscle memory almost if you're creating a if you're writing something or creating something you just know the elements that you need and you know to put them together and you just sort of get out of your own way and i think that's probably one of my biggest problems is that i get sort of in my own way and i'm like well you know this isn't very good or um, oh, this is going to get cut or S and P is not going to like that. And then I just sort of don't write the thing that feels, um, like the most fun for me. And I think this is just such an instance of just having pure fun with it. And it's, it's nice to do those things where you remember in the moment, like, oh yeah, the reason I'm a, I'm a writer is because writing is really fun for me. And because I was doing this when I was younger and when when it seemed like a pipe dream to do it for for real so um definitely the kind of thing i want to do more of it just became um uh i i just became too busy to do it but it's definitely something i'd like to do again and i think could be a good little booster to sort of and also i think people like seeing stuff that they created like being responded to so when uh, people liked getting the script back and like wow I, you know maybe that wasn't where they thought it was going so um yeah, yeah. it seems like it's just a great writing exercise that you have invented for people to uh, to try when they're stuck when they're in a rut when they need to free themselves up for sure and i think everybody should totally do it this is like I, why not a fun it's a fun thing i do think it's a good exercise to just be like i'm not going to write the whole thing it is just this part and that part is two pages and um and like the goal of a cold open is you get want to get an audience intrigued so the goal is you just want to sort of get a sense of what's the show who are the characters and as much as you can get that out really quickly i i used to write a series of uh um, that was, I think, sort of a, a similar exercise, which is that I would have people on Twitter give me um, 
the names of shows that what didn't exist. And then I would write a recap of an episode as though, cause I used to write recaps for Vulture and stuff. So I would recap shows that didn't exist being like, I can't believe this character, you know, got and finally like got together with this character or whatever. And like pretend it was an ongoing <laughs> show. And it would allow me to not only create the mythology of the show, but the mythology of the fan base. And it's just something I keep coming back to as a really fun exercise. Um, for myself so that i think you know everybody should try it <laughs> yeah um and i think that thing you said about just taking the pressure off yourself i'm only gonna write two pages it's almost like whatever you're writing it's great to just trick yourself and not face the entirety of the project all at once i'm just gonna write two pages i'm just gonna write 10 pages i'm just you know I think that's just a really helpful mindset. I mean, that's a good life philosophy, right? Like I'm not going to get through this week. I am going to get through this hour and then I'll get through the next hour. And I think that's um, the only way anybody gets through anything. Yeah. Uh, anything you're working on right now that you are excited about? Or you want to talk about? You know, the, here we once again uh, come up to the problem of everything I work on is feature and animation, which means <laughs> it's all... I have a, a bunch of projects I'm very excited about and I'm hoping will be announced shortly. I always feel like I'm making up the fact that I, that I work because uh, <laughs> you work on stuff for years and then it's like, okay, they're going to announce, you know, three years in the future. Um, but yeah, I do have a couple of, of uh, irons in the fire that I'm really, really excited about and I'm hopeful we'll get to share with people in the next few months. So I'll, uh, but yeah, follow, if you're not following me on Twitter, follow at Jenny Jaffe and I'll post it there. Um, along with photos of my dogs who have become really popular <laughs> on Twitter too. <laughs> um, well, great. Well, this was, it was really fun to hear all of these. Uh, I love that you did this. I think it's really uh, inspiring and i do thank think you people should try it and uh it's just so so much of the variety of tones and genres of these things is just well that's great. the other fun thing right is if you're writing something i i think i write a lot of animation i write a lot of kids i write a lot of comedy um and it's uh it's you know, not often I get to write like sort of like the family drama or like the police procedural or whatever. So it's fun to just sort of be like, yeah, like, let's see if I can do it. Why not? I've never tried. Yeah. And I only have to do it for two pages. I only have to do it for two pages. If it sucks, then it was just two pages. Yeah. Um, well, it was so much fun. And Thank uh, you. thanks for letting us do it. And everyone Thank should... Thank you guys for doing it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, here's to a better year ahead you and uh take care thanks thanks you too bye hey folks this is ben blacker the other producer of dead pilot society how are you i'm great because i have storyblocks storyblocks is sponsoring today's episode thanks storyblocks genuinely um i'm doing this ad because i use this product and i really like it um, let me read you what they have to say. Now more than ever, storytellers and content creators are challenged with producing more video content at a higher quality than ever before. Keep up with the growing demands for modern video content without sacrificing your vision with stock media 
from Storyblocks. So yes, uh, Storyblocks is uh, a website where you can go and sort of get stock video, stock audio, sound effects, music, that kind of thing for your podcast, your video presentation, whatever you're putting together. Um, and it's great and it's easy to use. And what I really like about it is they've added this maker section where you can go on and um, put the whole thing together online and pull from their stock products, um, their stock assets as you need it, um, and just sort of drop them in and then you get this great video. I've been using it for video. Um, I really like it quite a bit. Storyblocks has affordable subscription plans and with Storyblocks Unlimited All Access Plan, you can get unlimited downloads of everything in their library And even if your subscription ends, everything you downloaded, you get to keep. So go on there and get a bunch of stuff. Um, I've been making videos uh, for the past couple months for um, the the website that my wife and I started called HouseSeats.Live. You can see some of their videos, some some of the videos we made on Storyblocks on some of our upcoming shows. Um, Go to storyblocks.com slash deadpilots. That's storyblocks.com slash deadpilots, D-E-A-D-P-I-L-O-T-S, and check them out. Um, It's really worthwhile if you are a person who is making audio or video stuff. Um, Once again, storyblocks.com slash deadpilots to check out Storyblocks. I highly recommend it. Damn Dave Hill Show into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great. That's to- enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. Now you know what you're in for. We're going to bring you 19 of the 60-something cold opens that Jenny wrote for imaginary TV shows based on suggestions from her Twitter followers. Uh, And look, if one of these shows doesn't seem like your cup of tea, don't worry. There's another one coming right up. Our incredible cast was Kathleen Rose Perkins from Episodes, and I Am Not Okay With This, Maria Blasucci from Drunk History, Langston Kerman from The Boys and Insecure, Ashley Hairston from The Neighborhood, and Oscar Montoya from Bless the Hearts. All right, so... um, before we get to it, if you want to see the people doing the acting uh, for any of these Zoom reads we've been doing, become a Maximum Fun member. If, you know, for just five dollars a month. I mean, you could you could join for more, but even five dollars a month, you'll get access to the video and all of our bonus content from past years. So that's video of all our Zoom reads, but we've also put up a bunch of uh, bonus dead pilot readings that you can't hear unless you're a member. So go to MaximumFun.org slash join. All right, now enjoy a series of cold opens by Jenny Jaffe. This is a collection of cold opens written by Jenny Jaffe and created by various artists. Chemtrails and the White Whale, created by Addie Weyrich. Exterior summer camp, a placid lake torn by a painted canoe oar, the happy thud scream of dodgeball, 
arrows whistling through the air and landing inexpertly a few feet in front of their target. Juliet, 13, has a center part and very white tennis shoes. She sits on the front steps of her bunk, pinching the skin on her knees together so it kind of forms a face. The last summer I was a camper at Autumnwood, the last summer before I became a counselor in training and spent every night crying because Nate kissed me at the first night bonfire that never spoke to me again, was the best of my life. Juliet is waved over by Audrey, a somehow self-possessed 13. Audrey smiles and goes to join her at a park bench where other girls are making French bracelets. Audrey slips a book to Juliet under the table. Juliet looks around and then furtively checks the title. Moby Dick. She stifles a giggle. Audrey wasn't my best friend. She was my camp friend, which means more somehow. It means she knew a version of me who wanted to try a cigarette, who stole risque books from the camp director's office so we could learn new sex words. We bugged Counselor Moose, his camp name. I later learned his real name was Kevin to tell us his conspiracies about how clouds were poisoned by the government and phone signals controlled our minds. We're at the dock at magic hour. Audrey runs down the dock straight towards the lake. Juliet follows after. They scream happily. It was the summer Audrey disappeared. The girls hold each other's hands and jump, disappearing far below the surface. End of cold open. Fancy Toe Problems, created by Julia Lopriore and N Natalie Ortega. We're in a ballet studio at night. Rows of beautiful and precise ballerinas warm up in unison at the bar. They're all impeccably coiffed and wearing nearly identical pastel pink unitards, all except for Alex, 19, who wears a less than pristine black unitard and whose unruly hair has been messily piled on top of her head. Her form, however, is perfect perhaps the best in the bunch. We go to Taverna Apollo restaurant, the kitchen. It's the bustling kitchen of a Greek restaurant. Luca in his fifties, the restaurant owner supervises the cooks. Hurry, hurry. Sophia, fifties enters. Where is she? My darling, she will be here. Luca looks doubtful. Back in the ballet studio, Alex leaps beautifully across the floor. The formidable ballet master, Madame Fousset watches the slightest smile forming on her lips. We're back at Taverna Apollo. Elena, 22, a stressed waitress, bursts into the kitchen. It's so packed out there. I can only cover so much. Your sister should be here soon. Sure, and she'll say, oh, I can't be on my feet tonight. Some help she is. <laughs> Fancy toe problems. <laughs> and we go back to the ballet studio. Alex zips up a windbreaker and pulls on sweatpants over her unitard. Alex, can I talk to you? But it's too late. Alex has bolted out of the studio. We go back to Taverna Apollo. Alex bursts breathlessly into the kitchen. Sorry I'm late. Every night. Put on the apron. End of cold open. This is Hallowed Be Thy Name, created by Elisa Mala. We're interior an active volcano, secret headquarters at night. A cold giant cement bunker with one big window that shows the magma swirling just inches away. Stiletto heels clack across the floor, every step an ominous echo. Attached to these heels is Sonia Rapinski, 50, formidable, carrying a cup of coffee that doesn't even come close to spilling on her all-white suit. She takes her place at the head of a boardroom table, so huge that the dozens of people around it have to speak into microphones to be heard. Sonia leans into the microphone in front of her seat. 
We begin. A small, very old man in a very sharp suit, George, taps his microphone. My delegation wishes to put forth Cat. Whispers from all around the rest of the table. Another woman, Monique, taps her microphone. My delegation wishes to put forth sexy Oscar the Grouch. Whispers, whispers, whispers. A severe man with a heavy German accent, Frederick, taps his microphone. My delegation wishes to put forth Netflix and chill. This is an outrage. Everyone at the table stands up and starts shouting over each other. That is for couples only. You, sir, are out of order. Oh, God, my brethren, please. This arguing is how we have been reduced to such a meager task. Once the Illuminati ran world banks, used leaders as its playthings, cowed populations. Now, we have but one task left to us. Decide the Halloween costume that will be huge this year. Perhaps if we do it well, we one day can be restored to our glory. But for now, she sits. My delegation wishes to put forth Walter White in his underwear from the pilot. (laughs) End of cold open. This is Hats Entertainment, created by Julia Nathan. We're interior Horace and Sons millinery. It's the 20s, as in the roaring 20s, not this current bullshit decade. Jazz music plays on the phonograph as Horace Herbert Jr. in his 50s puts the finishing touches on a fedora. The door bursts open and in dances Trip Herbert, 20s, as in the age group, not either decade. An excitable, handsome young man who grabs Horace and tries to get him to dance. Come on, Pop. Charleston with me. Nah, you know I don't dance. Where have you been? It's nearly noon. Aw, Pop, don't be a blue nose. The movie house just got a new picture. Straight from Hollywood. And oh, Pop, it was berries. One day, when you take over this business, you're going to realize there's more to life than those flickering fairy tales. Trip sighs and puts on an apron. Ah, tell it to Sweeney. One of these days, I'm going to be out in Hollywood. And then, well, you'll see. And what are you going to do once you're out there, huh? All you know how to do is make hats. Well, movie stars need hats, don't they? Horace rolls his eyes and ruffles Trip's hair. Get back to work, kid. End of cold open. Humid in Pensacola, created by John Minus. Exterior parking lot. It's so hot the horizon above the tar appears blurry. The only vehicle in sight is a rundown truck with a dusty travel trailer attached. Behind the truck is a kiddie pool. Slightly deflated and only about half full. Reclining in the shallow water is Penny, 46, sun-leathered and bleach blonde, a full handle of pre-mixed margarita in one hand and a fudgesicle in the other. She wears an ill-fitting bikini and oversized heart-shaped sunglasses. She takes a bite out of the fudgesicle and washes it down with the marg. Police sirens are heard in the distance. Penny uses a hot pink painted toe to turn on a radio just outside the kiddie pool. Glenn Campbell's Wichita lineman is playing. Penny sings along off key. And I need you more than one you. And I want you all time. The sirens get louder and louder. Penny turns up the music with her toe. And a Wichita lineman is still on the line. 
Penny chugs the rest of the pre-mixed margarita as the police cars pull up. Officers get out of their cars, guns drawn. Penny lowers her sunglasses and raises her hands. Well, what in the fuck took you so long? Penny struggles to get out of the kiddie pool, sloshing water as she stands. Let's go, boys. (sighs) End of cold open. This is Cat's Cradle, created by Joe Hospidor. We're interior Cat's bedroom, an ordinary teenage girl's room. The walls are papered with posters of Harry Styles and BTS. Academic awards and soccer trophies line her bookshelves. Cat, 18, knocks over one of these trophies as she furiously makes out with her boyfriend, Aiden, also 18. He has very floppy hair. Cat, dinner. I should go. Just a few more minutes. I don't want you to get in trouble. In any more trouble, you mean? You're going to have to tell them eventually. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. I'm deferring college because I'm pregnant. Oh, and also, the father is the guy you specifically told me not to see. Yeah, that'll go over huge. As the teens separate, we reveal Kat has a visible baby bump. Kat, dinner! Text you later. Aiden escapes out the window. Kat puts on an oversized sweatshirt that hides her baby bump. Coming! End of cold open. This is Laguna Teach, created by Ken McGraw. Exterior ocean, morning. The sun is still rising as Wes Baker, a 20-something sun-kissed surf god, paddles out into the glittering sea. A picaresque curl of a wave forms in the distance, and Wes positions himself to ride it. As it crests, the sky goes dark, and the ocean tosses violently. Wes attempts to paddle away, but he is dragged by the undertow. His screams replaced by drowning gurgles as he... Mr. Baker? And we cut to Principal Pierce's office. Wes, a ragged shell of the person we saw paddling out to sea, snaps back to reality. He wears a cardigan, sits across an oak desk from Principal Pierce, an avuncular 50-something. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry. You were telling me how you got into teaching. Uh, well, I couldn't go back to serving. He forces a chuckle and Principal Pierce nods. The truth is, if you told me when I was in high school that one day I'd be back here, a history teacher, well, honestly, I probably wouldn't have heard. I wouldn't have heard you. I'd, I'd have been cutting class to hit the beach. But I wasn't, when I was in the hospital, what I can remember of my time in the hospital anyway, I had this roommate, old guy, loved to keep the History Channel on. And I got hooked. It sounds stupid, probably. I don't, you know to a guy like you, but it made me want to show other kids. Kids like I was. There's more to life than waves. End of Cold Open. This is Meme Girls, created by Ashley Shaneb. Her exterior townhouse, a huge, expensive, minimalist Los Angeles townhouse. A Chiron reading teen star house lets us know that we're watching a local news puff piece. Los Angeles, California. As we hear a reporter off screen, we go to the t- inside of the townhouse. It's personality-free and Instagram-ready. Jesse, 19, and Edie, 18, both conventionally attractive and wearing conspicuously designer clothes, do a TikTok dance for a phone with a ring light behind it. Jesse and Edie might seem like no- normal teenage girls, but to their combined 52 million fans, they're superstars. And we go to Talking Heads with Jesse and Edie. 
I guess it's not weird to us just because we've been like famous for so long. Yeah. More shots of the inside of the townhouse, which feature neon signs that say inspiring things like shoot for the moon and no creation, no profit. This townhouse, which they share with influencer heavy hitters like Pete Pete Cornish and Lil Wazzle. We see photos of two completely insufferable looking white 20-somethings. May seem like any other property rent rented by a platform in the hopes of generating increased synergistic content from its biggest stars, but here, there's a twist. It's haunted. It's for sure haunted by the ghost of a studio screenwriter from the 1940s who resents us. And we angle on a dapper, angry ghost who scowls from the corner. End of cold open. My dog is a secret agent, created by Shira Inspired. Interior Kaylee's room. Kaylee, a spunky 11-year-old, is awake before her alarm even goes off. Good morning, room. We go to the kitchen, Kaylee now dressed in a mismatched outfit, including different colored socks, pads into the kitchen. Her mom and dad sit at the table eating breakfast. Good morning, parentals. We go to the backyard where Kaylee skips to the doghouse. A hand-painted nameplate announces that the dog inside is named Sneakers. Good morning, Sneakers. But Sneakers is nowhere to be found. Kaylee sticks her head inside the doghouse. Sneakers? Kaylee rolls her eyes and lifts up the little rug inside the doghouse. Under it is a keypad. Kaylee types a sequence of numbers in and the floor lifts up, revealing a slide leading down to something below the doghouse. <laughs> Kaylee slides down. And we're in Sneaker's secret headquarters. Kaylee lands in the high-tech underground spy headquarters at the end of the slide. So many beeps and buttons, it makes the bat cave look like a regular cave. Screens on the wall show live video streams from every country in the world. Sneakers! A chair in front of a massive screen console turns around revealing Sneakers, a ludicrously adorable Pomeranian puppy. Hey, you can't be doing spy stuff today. It's my first day of school, and you said you'd be my show and tell. Sneakers speaks in a stately English accent. Think Stephen Fry. Kaylee, if you didn't want me doing spy stuff, you wouldn't have adopted a member of the MIK9, now would you? Kaylee sighs. I know. I guess sometimes I just wish you were a regular dog. Woof. End of cold open. This is My Life as a Virus Tracker, created by Sherry Epstein. Exterior futuristic wasteland at night. A bleak, endless desert under a toxic sky. Nothing good can grow here. No one good can thrive here. The only sign of life for miles... A huge, dusty truck on giant, dusty tires. Thick black smoke gasps out of the exhaust pipe. The truck screeches through miles of nothing. The only thing tougher than these conditions is the truck's driver, Condor. Muscle-bound and leather-clad, you do not fuck with Condor. There's intense instrumental metal that goes like, na 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 playing. name is Condor, virus tracker. Don't try this at home. Approaching a cliff's edge, Condor revs the truck's engine and does a 360-degree spin through the air before landing perfectly on the other side of the cliff. Inside the truck is a low-tech radar screen. Condor is a dot closing in on a target. With every inch, the beeping grows louder. They thought they were untraceable. Maybe they just prayed they were. But there's nothing above them worth praying to, besides me. 
In one swift movement, Condor slams on the gas and the truck comes to a violent stop. The door opens and Condor steps out, followed by a pit bull, Cassidy. Condor scruffs Cassidy behind her ears and then motions for her to be quiet. Condor steps carefully forward, Cassidy creeping behind. Suddenly, silently, Condor stops. They point to a spot on the ground and Cassidy nimbly springs into action, digging where Condor indicated. Cassidy backs away from the hole and Condor steps forward. They put on a massive leather glove and reach inside, pulling out a glowing vial encased in glass. Condor smirks. Good girl, Cassidy. Suddenly, the sound of helicopters in the distance. Atmo chapter, choppers. We see them, junked helicopter parts rewelded into monstrous flying machines, piloted by the dregs of what must have been humanity. They all glow just like the vial. Time to mosey. Cassidy follows Condor back into the truck, and Condor steps on the gas. End of cold open. Ouchie, my couchy makes me slouchy. Created by Patrick Cotnoir. <laughs> We're interior QVC studio. Day, night, it's hard to tell in the vacuum of the studio. Barb, 40s, and Tom, 50s, both blandly attractive and wearing the most generic clothes money can buy, are on hour six of demonstrating products you can purchase from home. Right now, the product is pillows. They smile with their shiny, shiny teeth. <laughs> and the phone is just ringing off the hook for these gorgeous antimicrobial throw pillows from the Piper Parabo Home Collection. We have one more. No, no, I'm hearing we're all sold out of the tangerine, okay? But we've still got this gorgeous eggshell, this beautiful, rich, chocolate now i could spend all day talking about these throw pillows which <laughs> by the way make a perfect graduation gift or father's day <laughs> paging my wife <laughs> <laughs> but we have another incredible piece here that i can't wait to show you all and frankly i'm worried for our operators because i just know we're going to be flooded with calls barb and tom walk over to a plain brown couch barb strokes the arm Feel that leather? I wish you all at home could feel this. You know what the best part is? That's genuine synthetic leather, which means... You can wash it off? You can wash off anything. Wine, coffee, pet stains. And you would never know. I would have sworn that was real leather. Now, obviously, this couch is beautiful to look at, but the best part is it's comfortable. Actually, I've, I've been waiting. I've been excited to show this couch all day just so I could sit in it. <laughs> Tom and Barb laugh. Tom sits down. The cushions of the couch open like a maw, and the couch swallows him whole. Barb seems undisturbed. Beautiful, comfortable couch. It's washable and it's a portal to the great void. So that is a steal. Yes, this is a home shopping show that takes place in hell. End of cold open. This is Sandwich Pirates, created by Thomas Clark. Exterior, the Devil's Bay, night. Mischief is in the air as the bloodthirsty squid, the most fearsome ship ever to fly the black flag, makes port in the Devil's Bay. Dozens of dirty, dangerous pirate crewmen work to drop anchor, dock the ship, and swab the decks. Captain Burley Bellamy, a feral sea dog of a man with a jagged scar running horizontally across his face, staggers to the ship's bow. All right, you bottom feeders. Let's remind Devil's Bay why the flag of the bloodthirsty squid sends a shiver through their belly. 
The pirate crew raise their swords and sally forth, but are stopped by a timid voice. Can, can we go this time? The crowds part, revealing Lewis and Poopy Sal, two scrawny pirates wearing aprons. You never let us plunder. We've been practicing and all. In one motion, Bellamy lunges forward and grabs Lewis and Sal by their collars. If your father hadn't been a great Captain Renegade the Mad, I'd have skinned you alive by now. But as such, there'll be no plundering for ye. While we're out taking our share, you'll be here making sure a feast for when we get back. Me? I'm a plundering pirate. These... He gestures with his sword to the other pirates aboard. These are plundering pirates. And what are you? Lewis and Poopy Sal sigh. Sandwich pirates. pirates. The other pirates laugh as Bellamy tosses Lewis and Poopy Sal back to the deck. Come on, lads, before I rot. Bellamy leads the other pirates onto the shore. Lewis helps Poopy Sal up. I don't care what the captain says. Our father was a great pirate, and one day we will be too. End of Cold Open. This is Scamming, created by Danielle Perez. Interior fancy restaurant, a posh, beautiful, slightly futuristic restaurant. At a candlelit table, Nebishi Brian, 28, sits across from glamorous, exotic, wildly out of his league, Tamara, 26. She does a great job of feigning interest. Well, when I was at, when I started Zogler, I had no idea how successful it would be. I just really wanted to streamline the world of crypto, you know? That is so fascinating. She reaches across the table and strokes his hand. He gulps. Um, I, uh, I, I got you something. Brian takes out a long velvet box and places it on the table. For me? She opens the box, revealing a truly stunning diamond bracelet. Aren't you the, just the sweetest? She puts the bracelet on and leans across the table. But just as she's about to kiss Brian, she dissolves into pixels. We go to Tamara's room. The real Tamara, still beautiful, even if she's covered up in a giant black hoodie, sits at a huge programming computer. Seriously? You'll shell out for diamonds, but not another five minutes? She rolls up her sweatshirt sleeve and looks at the glittering bracelet still on her wrist. She smirks. End of cold open. The Jezebel Spirit, created by Ben Wren. Interior. The green room of a shithole. The name of this venue is a shithole, and it is one. And to call this utility closet a green room is generous, but there is a half-broken couch and a cooler. The air thumps with the bass of the band currently on stage. Wendy Wurst, a malnourished 19-year-old in fishnets and an oversized Misfits t-shirt, lays on the sticky floor, drumming out the beat with her fists. Can you stop pacing? Lizzie, 18, a tank of a teenager in overalls and Furiosa-style makeup, grabs a can of Natty Light from the cooler, chugs it, and chucks it at Wendy, who hurls it back. I'm saying sit down and breathe because I care about you, you crusty bitch. Fuck you. Get up. You're getting hepatitis. The door flies open and in shimmers, nastily gentle, 19, magnetic. Cheap mascara streaks her cheeks. Ugh. My apologies. They almost gave away our slot. She was ready to stab you. I'll stab you. 
nastily throws her arms around Liz, a performative hug. You smell like Chateau Diana. I would never have let you down. Never. You guys are everything. This show is everything. Nastily crumbles to the floor, laying down next to Wendy, wrapping around her like Yoko around John Lennon in that one picture. Wendy hugs her back. Everything feels bad. I know. Can you drink some water before we go on stage? Now! (laughs) Wendy motions for Liz to hand her a water from the cooler. She does, and Wendy puts it in Nastalie's hands. She drinks from it like a hamster. An arty boy stage manager enters. Jezebel Spirit, five minutes. He starts to leave, but immediately turns around. Are they? Always like this, we'll be fine. End of cold open. The Snorkel Kids, created by Katie Joe. Interior, Snorkel Kids Clubhouse. The Snorkel Kids Beachside Clubhouse is everything a group of preteens in Hawaii could want. Surfboards and flippers ready to go. Big comfy lounge chairs in front of a huge TV and a snow cone machine. The Snorkel Kids, Lexi, Jaden, Mel, Rhiannon, and Trevor are a diverse group of 10 to 12-year-olds, all wearing big smiles and solid colored shirts that read, The Snorkel Kids. They speak directly to camera. Aloha, we're the Snorkel Kids. And welcome to Snorkel Kid HQ. Let's see. I think that's Langston too. Oh yeah, yeah. Langston, you're Trevor as well. Oh, All right, shit. let's Sorry. let's right. uh, let's let's you're just. Good. I'm going to take this back to uh, a little bit. The Snorkel yeah. Kids, Lexi, <laughs> Jaden, Mel, Rhiannon, and Trevor are a diverse group of 10 to 12 year olds, all wearing big smiles and solid colored shirts that read "The Snorkel Kids." They speak directly to camera. Aloha, we're the Snorkel Kids, and welcome to Snorkel Kid HQ. That stands for headquarters. We live here on Maui. That's an island in the state of Hawaii. Where our parents work at a marine wildlife preserve. We might be too young to do the cool stuff our parents do to help save the environment. But we're not too young to solve aquatic mysteries and learn a little bit about sea creatures. With the help of our friend, Frankie the Fish. A fish puppet wearing sunglasses, Frankie swims down from the ceiling. Aloha, snorkel kids. Aloha, Frankie. Aloha means hello and goodbye. Do you have a mystery for us to solve today? Nope. The kids stare blankly. Really? I mean, nothing that a group of preteens could help solve. Wow. Ouch. End of cold open. Tomorrow's lunch created by Amara Falk. We're interior high school cafeteria. Kids yelling, socially stratified tables. Uh, Go fighting bears banner. It's a high school cafeteria, you get it. In the lunch line, a scrawny freshman is shoved out of the way by a meathead senior in a letterman jacket. Candace, 42, a lunch lady with two full sleeves of tattoos and a nose ring, notices. She picks a small piece of pizza. She puts a small piece of pizza on a plate and hands it to the senior, who walks away without a thank you. She puts two pieces on a plate and hands it to the freshman. Thank you. 
Brian does that to you again, I'll bop him. You rock, Candace. <laughs> he walks away and Candace smiles. She claps the other lunch lady, Nora, on the back. Smoke break. See you in five. Candace walks away, untying her apron. We're at the school back entrance. Candace smokes a cigarette while checking her phone. She scrolls through dozens of messages from someone marked in her phone as fuckboy, pleading for her to give him a chance and let him explain and don't be a bitch. Candace stamps out her cigarette and opens the door to go back inside. We're in the high school cafeteria. Candace reties her apron as she enters. What did I? But no one's there. The chairs are up on the tables. The fuck? The janitor, Chris, walks by. Hey, Chris. Chris stops. Candace? Go home, it's Saturday. No, it, it's pizza day, it's Friday. But Chris has already walked away. Shit. Candace thinks, then goes back outside. For the school back entrance. Candace closes the door behind her. One, two, three. Candace opens the door and enters. And that's the end of the cold open. This is Ultra Court, created by Matthew Perpetua. Interior courthouse, hallway. Tyler, a 20-something in a prison jumpsuit, is led into the courtroom by a cop. You better hope it's in a good mood today. It. Inside the, court, the courtroom, it's packed with, a, with murmuring spectators. The cop leads Tyler to a seat next to his lawyer, who looks nervous. Okay, just... Don't say anything. A silence falls over the room as formidable, inscrutable Bailiff Stratton enters. All rise for our honorable judge. The entire courtroom rises, but no judge appears. Tyler looks around, confused. Where is... Suddenly the wall behind the judge's bench begins to shift. Panels open up in the wood that reveal huge glowing eyes. Tyler recoils as the floor itself seems to open up revealing a huge gaping mouth with razor sharp teeth. Tyler tries to run, but the cop stops him. The eyes in the wall fix themselves on Tyler as the mouth on the floor speaks in a terrible resounding voice that seems to come from the center of the earth itself. Don't try to run. You're in my court. And in my court, I'm judge, jury, executioner, and courtroom. I will now hear opening statements. End of cold open. What is the deal with Kale? Created by Aaron Weiner. Interior stadium night. A packed arena cheering and yelling and sweating for the metal as fuck band on stage. <laughs> the guitarist, a leather clad sex god, absolutely shreds a solo. Hot chicks in the crowd yell out. I love you, Kale. You're so metal, Kale. I need those peppers, Kale. And we're at exterior farmer's market. This snaps the real Kale Peas Blossom 18 back to reality. His clothes are made of hemp, and he's manning the vegetable stand run by his family's farm while his mother, Love Bliss, 40, tries to get his attention. Kale, the peppers. Oh, sorry. Kale picks up a pair of red peppers and goes to drop them in a customer's open burlap sack. Wait, what do we do first? All right. Kale gives a tiny little kiss to each pepper before plopping them in the bag. End of cold open. And for our final show, Why Now, Allison, created by Quinn Sutherland. 
We're interior dining room, night. Hugh and Nina, in their 60s, dressed for date night, drink red wine and stare lovingly at each other across a candlelit table. Soft 70s baby-making music plays. To 34 years. Three children. <laughs> Two mortgages. <laughs> Nina laughs. There's no one I'd rather have by my side. Here's to 34 more. They clink glasses. And the violent murder of three college students. The moment is broken by this voice from the TV for Hugh and Nina. Allison! We pull out to reveal that the dining room is connected to a massive, brightly lit living room. Allison, 32, a human train wreck, wearing a sweatshirt and boxers, crunches Tostitos in front of the TV. What? It's investigation discovery. It's basically the news. <sighs> Nina sighs and blows out the candle. It's your mother's and my anniversary. Uh, we're trying to have a date night. Oh my God, barf. Allison! Romance stuff makes me feel nauseous, even especially if it's my parents. There are 40 other rooms. Why don't you go to another room and let us have this one room? Because it's my mansion that I bought fair and square with my lawsuit money. You guys were the ones who wanted to move in to keep an eye on me, so... Allison pours the rest of the Tostitos into her mouth and turns up the volume on the TV. And of cold open okay i hope you enjoyed that and uh we're maybe inspired by it you know maybe some of you will take a crack at uh, writing some cold opens yourself or just some similar way of taking some of the pressure off of yourselves and having more fun while being creative i don't know i hope so dead pilot society is produced by me and ben blacker and our associate producer noah findling uh follow us on social media we're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. Got some very exciting uh, reads coming up for you. Uh, until the next time, everybody stay safe out there. Find a way to help someone. Be nice to yourself. Wear a mask and we will get through this, all of it, together. All right, until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported